Welcome back, everyone, to episode three of our Connecting to People series. We're continuing our interview with Stephen Herbin, the Service Director of Commercial Services Group Recruitment Division. Last week, we were discussing CVs and their structure. It was a long one, but filled with some excellent content, so go check it out. This week, though, we'll be discussing how to stand out. We touched on standing out of the crowd last episode with your CV, and this can be a huge challenge when you're going up for a sought-after position. But are there other ways, Stephen, of standing out of the crowd beyond your CV? This is increasingly difficult. I think the way technology plays a role in recruitment now and how everything has become hugely internet-driven, it's very, it is increasingly difficult to stand out from the crowd. So at the very start of my career, I worked in you know a, a traditional high street branch for a high street agency and how you interacted with the recruitment consultant on that desk, if you like, sat there, really mattered. So little things like, you know, being punctual for the appointment, being well presented, being organised, bringing the paperwork they'd asked you to bring, all of those things spoke to you being organised and efficient. And that's now increasingly difficult to do because, you know, the high street role of agency is diminishing or as your career experience expands, they play less of a role for all the reasons I mentioned you know, earlier. So you are now in a situation where your first point of contact is, is through a system that is in many ways designed to block you having any further contact. So through an agency, I, I would definitely say you can bring it to your attention by even adding a supplement or a note so say if you're sending in by email you know it might just be putting a note on there to say you know i appreciate you might not have the time to come back to me if i'm not an ideal match for this role but i would really welcome an opportunity to have a conversation about other opportunities that you may see in the future so kind of recognizing and preempting that i recognize how busy you are i recognize you might not be able to come back to me but i am keen to have a chat and you might even want to after a week or 10 days or so follow that up with a polite call not a haranguing call because you know generally trying to somehow berate the recruiter for not getting back to you is usually not a very good long-term strategy for a relationship with that recruiter but empathizing with them and, and trying to get that conversation is probably something you can do. I think if you're applying directly to a company, it gets even even trickier now because I think you know many of the of the processes you go through where the company is involved directly then their their ATS system for want of a better word will be very keen to send you an automated message to say you know thank you for your interest in us and due to the high number of applicants we will come back to you if we're interested and and they're almost specifically designed to to prevent you doing anything that can stand out so I think in terms of standing out the application stage the best thing you can do is focus on that that relevance, and sorry to go back to it, but that relevance of CV is is the key thing to get you that chance. Now, when you get interviews, that's that's a kind of different kettle of fish, and, and there are some things you can do to stand out. You know, they're a bit they're a bit cliche, they're a bit you know a bit old hat, but they still work. You know, punctuality is absolutely key. You know, if you if you get a chance to to be in front of anybody, then I think the old adage is if you know if you're not ten minutes early, you're late, but you should definitely be on time. And I know we, we all rely on whether it be public transport or the joys of the motorway. They can always make you late. But always, if you do, 
if you do find that you're running late, so first of all, make sure you build in time to try and minimise the risk of you being late. But ultimately, if you find yourself and you are going to be late, take the time to give them a call. People will be forgiven if you give them a heads up that you're going to be late. Because uh, everybody recognises that everybody's late once or twice in their life. But if you just don't tell anybody and then don't arrive for a call or don't arrive, which, you know, teams call now, probably more likely than a face-to-face, you've, you've probably got three or four minutes for people to be sat on that teams call. And if you log on 10 minutes late without alerting them, I wouldn't be expecting anybody to be on that call still. Um, I think people still remember people, you know, in terms of how how they behave and their attitude, uh, both to, you know, even reception staff, if you're lucky to go face to face or your know, basic levels of, of, of courtesy and, and all of those things are still really important when you, you know, have face to face. Remember to thank people for their time afterwards. Um, and yeah, there's still some of the old school things still still hold. Uh, they, they've changed into a team's environment rather face to face, but but they still hold. You know, if you if you find yourself with a call with an agency um, or or an employer, you know, make sure that you put yourself in the best possible position so you can be attentive for that call. Now, you know, it has become the new norm that I think anybody at any level might at least once in a team's call apologise because their dog's gone nuts or the Amazon man's arriving. So the, the the world has become a little bit more informal, but, you know, try to make sure you're somewhere where you, you can connect and, and you uh, it's relatively quiet where you are. Or if, if you know there's going to be a disruption, make an apology for that disruption in advance. These things are still important because, you know, somebody is taking their time to, to speak to you. So you need to recognise that, I think. Amazing. Thank you. So now more than ever, it's increasingly difficult to stand out, at least in the early stages. Perhaps in an interview, you can make more of an effort. That being said, has anyone ever done something that made them stand out to you during your time looking at CVs or during an interview? It's a tricky one because I've kind of met a lot of people over the years, um, you know, being a recruiter. But I know if I speak more generally, it is still, I think, probably a huge factor that people don't prepare enough. So, you know, people either either feel like they can perhaps just wing it when to the get when they get to the meeting or they they think they've prepared but they haven't. But if you have a candidate who you speak to and I'll tell you actually, no, I will give you an example. So I was recently speaking to a candidate um and we're looking for them for this particular project we've got. And they are actually based in a different country at the moment, potentially coming over to do some work. And when I asked them what their salary expectation was, they went out to explain that they'd actually research comparable salaries for their level of experience and their level of role and then went on to explain to me based on that the kind of minimum that they'd be looking for. Now the fact they've gone out and done that research for what that salary might equate to in a different country is just it's just an example of how preparation can work. So you know what you'll often see is inevitably the, the the interviewer will ask you at some point you know what, what do you know anything about us and you know if your stock answer to that is you know well, i had a quick look at your cv um sorry a quick look at your internet or your website but but no not generally then that kind of says to me as the interviewer well so you knew in advance you were coming to meet me but really you you haven't gone even remotely out your way to 
to look at anything about our organization. Whereas if someone was to turn around and say, you know, yes, I've explored your your website in, in detail, I can see that obviously you work significantly across the world and actually you have four main divisions in the UK. And if I can understand things correctly, I'll be interviewing for this division, which is based here and does this. Then, you know, all of a sudden you're thinking somebody has, has taken a bit of time to, to come, you know, likewise, you know, when someone gets to the end, it's again, sorry, I'm thinking of more examples now, but when you get to the end and somebody says, you know, have you got any questions? It is possible during the interview, they've, they've answered every question, but it's really good if you happen to prepare and bring a few with them. And even if they do then answer all those by saying something like, well, actually, I specifically wanted to ask about your benefits package and I specifically want to ask about promotion opportunities, but actually you've covered both those in the interview. You're demonstrating again that you came prepared to have a you know, a meaningful conversation about the opportunity. And it is important that interviewees take an active role in that interviewing process you know it is a two-way street it's a it's a two-way interaction and yes i know the individual may either you know in personal circumstances might desperately want that job but you still should take an active role in the interview as if to say well i'm, I'm not saying you flip the other way and you look you know so laid back and arrogant that you know you'd be doing me a favor by employing me but there's certainly a middle ground of actually I'm, I'm seriously here because i want to find out and if this is the right job for me as well as if i'm the right person for you and that always impresses you know that someone's taken that time so i suppose to summarize prepare i know it's an old adage i won't do the cliche about failing prepare and prepare to fail and all that, but showing that you've taken the time and interest and done some research about the organisation, about the role, you know, potentially looking up the individual on LinkedIn, finding out a little bit about them, Um, be on time, be well presented. Now, well presented doesn't mean, you know, I don't believe in the old adage now that you can't have tattoos and all of that sort of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about, but, you know, there's still a certain level of looking prepared and, and, and presenting yourself well. Um, and then, you know, at, towards the end of the interview, take part in the interview, ask questions, and then thank people for their time. And these these little touches do, you know, do, do make a difference, I think. Brilliant. Thank you. Is there anything you yourself have done to stand out? Well, I think, you know, very early in my career, and, you know, I don't know if this is exactly the thing, but I, w- I was put in a temporary job and it turned out that it was a Monday. This is my first work experience post-uni, actually, and I was put in a temporary job and it turned out that instead of it being Monday to Friday, it was Monday and Friday, which obviously was no good to me. So the lady phoned me up, um, a lovely lady actually, I still remember her name, Pat Alvey, and she phoned me up and um, told me, and I and I'd said, well, that's, that's no good to me. So I stopped the job. But I actually felt that I'd been a bit rude. I hadn't, I hadn't meant to be, but my accent uh, was still quite strong at the time. Uh, so I went in and I actually apologised to Pat. And I said, Pat, I didn't mean to be rude, but obviously working two days a week, it doesn't really work for me. So we then had a conversation and that conversation led to her finding me another job. And ultimately it led to me starting to work for that organization in my first ever recruitment job. So, you know, I'm not, not saying that what I did was anything special, but I'm saying for recruiters, particularly having candidates that recognize what their job is and the challenges they face, 
and being polite and courteous stands out a long way with recruiters. With clients, I think I'm not always sure what the response will be, but if it's directly um, with a, an employer, it might be more difficult for the reasons I mentioned. But I don't think there's anything wrong, and it also does make you stand out if after you find that you have been un unsuccessful for a job is to go back to ask for feedback so that you can improve on things um, and also again use that as an opportunity to say you know can we have a wider conversation about you know how, how we may be able to work together how we may be able to help me going forward so again it's just those little things but certainly when dealing with an agency I think it is a recognition that you know recruitment is a tough job um, that's not to say other jobs aren't, but uh, recognising the strains and stresses that a recruiter's under, that sort of level of currency can really engage them in terms of trying to be partners on on how to, you know, how to look for you. The only other thing I think that that I've personally done is when I was going into a different role, I hadn't done that sort of role before I'd done something related, but that not that sort of role. Um, I, I kind of said to the manager, you know, one of the things that they highlighted was I hadn't worked in that specific area before. Um, and I, I, I did have the luxury of actually relocating, so I could afford to do this. I'm not sure it's a wise strategy if you're currently in work, but I, I turned around with them and said, well, give me a go, because I believe I can do this. Um, and if it doesn't work out after six months, then, then you can let me go. And so that sort of sharing of the risk, um, I think, you know, helped me out in that instance. Now, I'm not saying you might be as, as cavalier as that, but it might be recognizing, for example, that if you want to change your career direction into something that you haven't done 100%, then, you know, <laughs> not maybe moving for a parity of salary or even in some cases if you can afford a slight drop then that's how to transition your cv from your experience sorry from one area to another but again you know that that might be a different conversation uh, likewise i think for people entering the marketplace for the first time again depend on the job and depend on the individual circumstances offering to volunteer um i did some work where it was actually a friend of a friend and he'd finished a course on i think it was some sort of digital graphic design course in the, the town we were living in there aren't the, the huge amount of media agencies that london had but he didn't want to go to london and this alludes to network i suppose as well so his his sister actually worked for me she mentioned him and i, I connected him with somebody who i knew who ran a digital agency and that conversation started off with him uh, volunteering a couple of days a week to build up his portfolio to the point where he'd saved up enough money to go to london and ultimately ended up with him you know, working for two weeks voluntary and then securing a permanent job with them well i suppose that's an example of how networking can work as well as volunteering can work if you're in a highly competitive candidate marketplace that's great thank you so much Stephen. well that wraps up this episode on standing out it was quite a short one this week but we thought you could use a breather after last week's episode catch us next week where we will be finishing this interview and discussing our final chapter interviews Make sure to tune in at the end of the month as well to hear the full unedited interview. See you then.